she was like, you should see a sports psychologist and hope maybe uh, learn a few uh, mindfulness techniques or just go see what it's all about. And, you know, my first response was, no, I don't need that. I don't want that. Uh, nothing's wrong with me. So I can relate to um, the whole topic of you don't want to go see somebody because you don't you, nothing's wrong with you. So that was, that was my first reaction to it. And I remember going to it was in Hermosa Beach. I saw a sports psychologist there and he kind of opened my eyes to how powerful our mind is. And um, like you said, controlling what you can control and um, breathing and meditation. And he kind of got me kickstarted to even now, like it's something I'm really passionate about. And, you know, for, for kids um, that experience, you know, maybe it's nerves or maybe it's fear of failure. You know, they're not alone. All of us athletes deal with that, um, but it's how we can, um, how we can not cope with it, but how we can work our way through it and realize that it's okay to have those thoughts and feelings. It's okay to be, you know, fearful or fear, fearing you're going to fail or uh, whatever it may be. So I would just say like, no kid is alone with that. We all experience it. But, you know, I feel like for me, meditation and, and just being aware of my thoughts has helped me to where I am today, not even just basketball wise, but just life, right? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Rise and Shine podcast. I'm your host, Nat Ambrosi. Um, today, we have a really special guest on the podcast. We have Tyler. And Tyler, you're in Australia, right? I'm in Australia right now. Yes, I am. Yeah, so definitely different. I'm on the West Coast. So West Coast of California, well, the United States. So different time zones. Um, but Tyler is a mind power coach, and he also plays professional basketball. Um, and recently on his Instagram, I saw that you had a puppy. Is that your puppy that you have in Australia? We just got a puppy. He is currently five months. Um, so this, it's been, it's been fun. He's been keeping us present. Uh, he's been, he's been a good addition to the family. That's awesome. What's his name? His name is Toby. Uh, we called him, you know, Toby McGuire from Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. So we have uh, quite a bit of spiders here and, my wife's decided, uh, why don't we just call him Toby for Toby McGuire? Cause he's our spider catcher. So that's how we got Toby. That's awesome. So tell me yep. a little bit more about Australia. What led you there? What are you doing there right now? Yeah. So I play professional basketball here in Australia. This is my, wow, my seventh year or eighth year professionally. Um, I played in many countries before I played in France. I played in Germany. I've played in Italy. I've played in the States a bit. So um, this is my, yeah, my eighth season here. I signed a three-year deal here. So I'll be here for the next three years. Yeah, I'm in a city called Wollongong. Um, it's about hour, hour and a half south of Sydney. So right along the coast, right on the beach. So um, it's just me, my wife, and my dog. And, and we're really enjoying it out here uh, so far. That's awesome. Being by the beach, yeah. playing basketball. Australia, I feel like a lot of people listening to this podcast probably haven't been to Australia, let alone live yeah. there. Um, what made you decide to play professional basketball abroad instead of staying in the States or, you know, stopping after college? Mm -hmm. So my, you know, one of my dreams as a kid was to play in the NBA, of course. Um, coming out of college, I was drafted to the Orlando Magic, but um, I played 
I played a year there um, in the G League. So the G League team was in Erie, Pennsylvania. Wasn't even near Orlando at all. So I did a year of that. Um, I, then after that year, I did one year uh, in Italy. Um, went over there for a year. Played the next year in France. And then I came back to the States to the Memphis Grizzlies affiliate team. Uh, they were called the Memphis Hustle. So I played another year in the States. And then after that, um, just the opportunity to play overseas. Um, you know, in the G League, you don't get paid as much as well. You have a lot of guys fighting for those one or two spots to make the NBA roster. So um, better opportunities came overseas. So I went to Germany and then COVID happened, which was um, very, the basketball world kind of shut down for, for us. And we, uh, yeah, we had no basketball for about four or five months. So it was kind of weird, you know, not having a job and not being able to play and not knowing the current situation of COVID, not knowing what was going to happen next. So that was definitely a weird time as a, as a professional basketball player. But once that was all said and done, uh, we ended, I ended up coming up here last year to this same team. And after this, after last year, we had a pretty good year here and I eventually signed for another three more years. So uh, this place is home now for me. And um, like I said, it's beautiful here. I love it. My wife loves it here. And um, I'm happy. I'm happy with uh, the decision to come overseas again. That's awesome. I love how yeah. you kind of took your passion for basketball and you led it through to living somewhere probably, I mean, I don't know exactly, but probably somewhere that you wouldn't have thought that you would, you would have lived in general. No. Yeah. No, I, I, I never, I've never really been overseas, you know, growing up, I really never heard of playing basketball overseas. It was always right. the NBA, but you know, now that I've been overseas and experienced different parts of the world, I can't imagine not seeing these beautiful places. Um, so it truly is a blessing to be able to um, travel all around the country and, and play basketball, which, which I love doing. And, um, you know, truly unfortunate, blessed to be able to be in this position. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's jump back yeah. a little bit. You talked about COVID and kind of that struggle there of not knowing if you're playing. Um, since you are a professional basketball player, not knowing if you're going to have a job, what was your experience like then? How did you cope with the different things of the unknown? Um, yeah. Talk a little bit more about uh, that. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was, I'm sure it was difficult for everybody during that time, but you know, for us, um, once basketball shut down, there's so many unknowns. Well, for every year for us, there's so many unknowns. We never know where we're going to play the next year, but once your season gets cut short, that adds a different dynamic to it. Um, so I remember, my wife and I, we left Germany. We packed up our place in about a day or two because there was rumors that the borders were going to get shut from flying in from out of the country. So um, it was a very stressful time. You know, we, we packed up in about a day, got on the plane, got back to California. We stayed with my parents in California at the time. We didn't have our own apartment um, at, at that moment. So we flew to California. Yeah, it was pretty crazy there. You know, California, you're used to traffic and, and all that. I remember us landing and it was really, the streets were dead. Everybody was kind of at the grocery store buying up toilet paper and uh, water. So, um, yeah, so we, we were at my parents' house for about two months. Uh, and I'm sure my wife will tell you I was going a little stir crazy. You know, we didn't know what was going to happen. Um, so, you know, we really had to you know, you talk about trying to stay in the moment and stay present. 
um, that's, that's one thing that I really tried to do. And it's one, you know, I struggle with it because, you know, as an athlete, you're always looking forward to the future. You, you know, you try, you try to live in the present, um, but you always want to know what's going to be next, what's going to be next. You're always trying to achieve. So for me, it was an opportunity to step back, enjoy that time with my family. You know, not too often do you get two months to be at your parents' house. So yeah, we try to try to take a different approach and perspective to it. My wife would probably say I was driving her crazy. Just like, what am I going to do? What are we going to do? But, um, you know, she kept me grounded and, and, you know, we really tried to take each day as it came. And that's all we really could have done during the COVID outbreak. So um, it was definitely, it was definitely a challenging time, but um, now that I look back on it, I'm glad I got to have that time with my family and uh, we were able to stay there for, for quite a bit of time. No, that's really good to, to have that opportunity to go back home. I know with like yeah. starting college athletes and, you know, many youth athletes and teen athletes were probably living with parents, but even college athletes from overseas, like couldn't go home or were stuck. And so that's like, that's a really good thing. I guess one question I have too, how did you stay connected to your team during that time? Um, were, were you all like close, closely connected or was that the time that you were switching teams? So the league actually shut down. So we thought the year was over. We weren't sure what they were going to do next. So about two months in, they actually decided to host a playoff for all the teams to enter. Um, but it was going to be a bubble. It was actually, they were the first league to start back up um, for the whole professional basketball was in Germany. So my wife and I eventually, it was about two months, we flew back out there to Germany and amidst COVID and everything, we flew back out and there was really nobody on our flight. I think there was about eight or nine people. I don't know. So everybody had their own service person. Like it was, it was a weird experience. So we flew back out there and we were there for about another month and a half. Uh, some guys from the States that were on my team didn't go just, they gave us an option, right? We can either go or we could stay home if we didn't feel safe and comfortable. So we decided to go and we went to Munich for about a month and a half, finished the year. And then we came back home after that. So it was, it was really quick. They did a good job of getting all the teams there in and out in about a month, month and a half. And um, yeah, it, it was, it was definitely, it was a weird experience playing in front of no fans. That was the first time uh, we never played in front of people, um, but it was good. It was good to be back out there playing basketball again. So I, I was happy they, they decided to start back up. No, that definitely, yeah, like with the Olympics and there being no fans, yeah. I can only imagine because that's even I swim in college and that was like a huge part. Like, yes, our fans were mostly our parents and like right. friends in our dorm. So it was like kind of funny, but it is a huge part of it. Um, what 100%. would you say that coming in now? So, you know, we're still in the midst of COVID, but it's definitely there's more things open. There's fans allowed in arenas. Um, what have you learned from that experience of kind of being limited in what you can do and not controlling and not being able to control things to playing now? Like what, what is yeah. this shift and change then? Yeah. Wow. That's a good question. Um, you know, we talk a lot about, well, I do, you know, controlling the controllables and sometimes you have to take a dose of your own medicine. Right. So, you know, playing in front of no fans, um, you try to just go into that mindset of, okay, I can't control that, but what can I control? I can control my routine leading up to the game being the same. I could control, um, you know, what I eat, how I recover. Those things I can control. So you really have to focus, really focus on those things. And of course, having fans is part of the game. It's something that 
us, us athletes do enjoy having, but you know, you swam, I, you know, once you lock into that event, once you're swimming or once I'm playing, you know, the fans, I, honestly, you could just go into this zone where you're not even worried about that anymore. So, you know, during layup lines and everything, you, you see that there's nobody out there, but once the game starts and, and once you get going, um, it's, it's just like another game and you just focus on the end goal and, and trying to achieve that. So it, it definitely was weird at first, but uh, you get used to it as the game goes on. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. Being in the focus. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Of, I know sometimes, and for my experience as an athlete, there'd be times that I'd be behind the block and I was focused on everything else except for my race, you know, when I was 12, mm. 13 years old. Um, can you talk a little bit more about focus and how you stay in that zone? Are there different tools or tips that you can give a young athlete who may be struggling with that? Yeah. So, you know, it's one thing I really struggled with too, um, growing up and in college and even after is, you know, how can I stay present during my, you know, during the game or leading up to the game. And, you know, I really got into uh, mindfulness and meditation. I think my second year out, my mom actually uh, introduced that she was like, you should see a sports psychologist and hope maybe uh, learn a few uh, mindfulness techniques or just go see what it's all about. And, you know, my first response was, no, I don't need that. I don't want that. Uh, nothing's wrong with me. So I can relate to um, the whole topic of you don't want to go see somebody because you don't, you, nothing's wrong with you. So that was, that was my first reaction to it. And I remember going to, it was in Hermosa Beach. I saw a sports psychologist there and he kind of opened my eyes to how powerful our mind is. And um, like you said, controlling what you can control and um, breathing and meditation. And he kind of got me kickstarted to even now, like it's something I'm really passionate about. And, you know, for, for kids um, that experience, you know, maybe it's nerves or maybe it's fear of failure. You know, they're not alone. All of us athletes deal with that, um, but it's how we can, um, how we can not cope with it, but how we can work our way through it and realize that it's okay to have those thoughts and feelings. It's okay to be, you know, fearful or fear, fearing you're going to fail or uh, whatever it may be. So I would just say like, no kid is alone with that. We all experience it, but you know, I feel like for me, meditation and, and just being aware of my thoughts has helped me to where I am today, not even just basketball wise, but just life, right? Um, things come up in my life that I can't control, but, um, you know, being able to take a step back, breathe, okay, I look at it from a different perspective. Um, it, it's gone a long way for me. I know it's a long answer to a short question, but um, that's kind of how I try to process things now. No, that, that was honestly great. Like when you were talking about meditation and I started getting like super excited because it's something that I feel like as a kid, I mean, I was always super anxious, like trying to figure out how to navigate my races. And if I knew about meditation and mindfulness and not, you know, I think a lot of times meditation is thought of a, I got to sit in a quiet room and yeah. I have to like, try to let my thoughts go away. Right. Mm -hmm. And, right. you know, things that I've learned, I don't know if you use an app or if, you know, you've learned different techniques, but there's the Headspace app and they always talk about, my, yeah. yes, the clouds 100%. rolling by, like you're watching the clouds or you're watching the cars 
Um, and those are your thoughts. So instead of trying to stop them and say like, oh no, I'm, I'm a bad person for thinking this, the acknowledging part. So talk mm. a little bit more. I'd love to hear about your experience with meditation and mindfulness. Is it something that you do before a game? Um, or just like, is it a routinely practice? Yeah. So funny enough, Headspace was the first meditation app I actually downloaded about yeah, six years ago. Um, I remember downloading the app and, um, you know, they gave you like a seven day free trial and I was like, okay, like I'll try it out. Um, and I've been doing, I've been doing Headspace ever since. So my kind of routine, my routine is I'll meditate every night before I go to bed. That's one thing. I like doing it at night, right before I go to sleep. Cause I feel like sometimes thoughts, thoughts just come up, right? Right before we go to bed, you start thinking of things. So for me, that works. I like meditating right before bed and my game day routine, I'll shower. And then once I get out of the shower, before I go to the gym, I'll meditate, I take that 10 minutes to try to calm my mind. And that kind of leads up to the game for me during the, when I get to the gym, I like to read. I'll read before the game. Uh, I read a book called, uh, it's by George Mumford called The Mindful Athlete. I'll read a couple excerpts from that uh, before the game. And then I listen to Beethoven before I go out there. So I don't really listen to hip hop. Oh, it depends, right? Some days, yeah. one, one or two days occasionally at games, I'll listen to hip hop. It depends what kind of mood I'm in. But for about 85, 90% of the time, I uh, listen to Beethoven before the game. It kind of puts me in that flow state. It helps me, I feel like it helps me kind of get um, get into that kind of calm and serene and neutral mindset. So that's what I do before games. And it might sound kind of weird. Like, I don't know too many people that listen to Beethoven before games, but to me, that helps me kind of find my flow and my rhythm. And um, that's, that's what I do. Wow. That's so cool. What made you start like knowing that you wanted to listen to Beethoven? Yeah. So uh, growing up, my mom was a huge, we listened to classical music a lot in the car going to school or just randomly driving we listen to classical music and I don't know I it kind of just made me feel calm I don't like getting too hyped up before I play I don't like to be super amped I like to kind of be um, calm and I feel like when I'm in that state of mind my mind rests and I'm kind of letting my body do the work right I don't I feel like my mind um, when it's in a peaceful state it just lets all the work that I've done um, kind of perform right I try to let myself perform and not try to force my way into it by getting all hyped up and overthinking things so um yeah I was introduced to classical music early and now it's something I, I listen to on a daily basis especially before games I love that I feel like you're yeah. so in tune like with your body to know that this is what I need before games yeah. and you know maybe everyone else is listening to that pump up music mine used to be I think it was TikTok by Kesha that was like the song I would listen to before every hundred breaststroke in high school. And I was like, yeah. this is going to make me go a good time. But like at that time, I didn't know what I needed. It was like, okay, right. this song I listened to once and I went a good time. And so I'm going to listen to it every single time. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever works, whatever works. Uh, talk a little bit about like how you, decided so you're listening to this music you have everyone else doing these other things like what made you really kind of step into what works for you instead of you know following the crowd or because team sports are different too right it's right there is a collective in that 
Um, so I guess share a little bit about like what it's like being on a team. Um, like if you were talking to someone like, like me, I was never in yeah. a sport. So yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly, I just feel like you just have to be yourself and you know, you don't always have to follow the crowd and go, you know, I, I wouldn't say you need to go against the grain, but for me, I, you know, I, I try to rid judgment. I don't care, you know, how people may perceive me for listening to classical music or something I wear. Like, I feel like that also, um, that impedes a lot of people is the fear of judgment and the fear of uh, what other people think of you. And for me, I just try to be myself and people like when you're your authentic self, I feel like they appreciate you even more, right? So um, for me, I've never really worried about um, what other people were doing. I just know that if I'm my best self and I can, I can bring my best self to the team and perform, give myself the ability to perform out there um, and my teammates are doing the same, then I feel like that's a recipe that, that a, that's a winning recipe. So, um, you know, many different guys do their own little routines, but I think it's important for, you know, kids growing up and um, not even, even now, I think it's important to find what works for you and, it, it's a process, right? You don't really know what works for you until you try out different things. What works for me might not work for somebody else. So, you know, over the years, I've kind of developed my routine. Um, you know, I've had a lot of people help me with things that um, they might think, you know, I go to a holistic guy in Seattle and um, we try to figure out ways that I can, I can tap into my flow and what works for me and how I can uh, prepare myself for the game. So, it's kind of like you have to be a scientist for yourself. You have to figure out what works for you. And, you know, I'm not saying every day you're going to perform great, but I want to give myself the best chance to get into flow and to perform. Um, so I feel like a routine helps achieve that state. So I try to stay consistent with that. So I'd say finding a routine is important. Yeah, that's scientist. I was uh, talking about in the other podcast metaphors. I love metaphors. I feel like... Yeah. You know, as a kid, you're in science class and it's like, if this happens or if this are to happen, then this would happen, like the hypotheses and things. And right. that's like super helpful, I think, at least for me too. Like, how can you be a scientist in your own life to find those things that work? And it is a right. process, right? Um, yeah. One thing you pointed on there too that I feel like we can expand on is flow. Mm. So flow is kind of hard to describe. At least I know when I'm in flow in my art, it's like no time passes, but what does flow mm. look like in sport to you? Yeah. Uh, flow is such a funny, it, it's, it's very hard to explain, right? Like you said, but flow to me is, you know, just the ability to um, be present with what you're doing. You're not worried about, well, for us in basketball, I'm not worried about making a shot. I'm not worried about missing a shot. I'm not worried about, the play that just happened I'm not worried about the next play it's completely present in that moment with what's going on and I'm sure you've experienced flow before but it's it's kind of it's addicting right because you you get into flow time passes but you just feel like you're just moving effortlessly out there and you know one story I'll talk about is um, one time in the G League I had a 58 point game and I was getting interviewed about, you know, uh, what were you thinking out there? How did you, you know, what did you do different? And, you know, my honest answer was I, I really wasn't thinking anything. There was no thoughts in my mind. I was just out there enjoying the game. I love playing basketball at a high level and just letting it happen. Um, and it's, it's sort of, it's a hard, it's like you can't force your way into flow. And then 
when I'm in flow, if you think about flow, you're, you're instantly out of it. So it's just enjoying that experience while you're in it and letting things unfold right before your eyes. And um, it's something that I'm obsessed with. I love figuring out how to get into that flow state. Uh, but like I said, like I can't force myself into it. So you kind of just got to let it happen. Um, so yeah, flow, flow is a very interesting topic, something I study and learn about. Um, and everybody, you know, you've experienced flow and people who haven't experienced flow. Um, it's funny. I just went painting the other day with my wife for the first time. We've never painted together. And after it, it was like a two hour paint session. I'm like, that went by really fast. So I'm like, this must've been flow with painting. Like, it's just a, it's a weird experience, right? Flow is something that's very natural and it just happens. And then once you're out of it, you're like, oh my gosh, I went by quick. How'd that happen? Um, so yeah, flow is, flow is definitely fun. As a teen athlete, you know, there's a mm. lot of, I work um, with someone who's a lacrosse coach and she has high school students okay. who are teens who are always on social media and comparing themselves to others. Mm. Um, I guess like comparison in sport and what was your experience like, you know, as a youth athlete, were you really good at basketball or did it take you time um, to get to that? Yeah, so um, in my freshman year in high school, I was only five foot four. Um, so I didn't even make my freshman basketball team uh, in the summer. Um, so I was like, I was like, okay, maybe I'll try out baseball because I'm a left-hander and left-handed pitchers in baseball are hard to come by. So I actually tried out for baseball as well. And I, I made the baseball team. Um, but during tryouts in the winter for basketball, I gave it another shot. I remember being so devastated uh, by not making the summer league team. And I'm coming from eighth grade where I thought I was good at basketball. I thought I was a pretty decent uh, in middle school, but high school is a whole different level. I found out early and um, I just remember going home, talking to my family, saying, like, I didn't make the team. What do I do? And they just told me, you got to just continue to work hard. You just got to work hard if you really want it. So um, that's one thing that I did. And that's one thing that stuck with me since that day is just putting the work in um, day in and day out. And and good things will happen to you. And like you said, comparison. Uh, I like the saying that comparison is a deep of joy. Um, you know, when you compare your journey to somebody else's um, you don't know you don't know what happened behind the scenes for them to get to where they are and it's so hard I mean we all do it right see we see somebody um doing better than us we go oh how, how are they already there and um so uh, comparison is definitely uh something we all experience but just so unique. so you just have to lock into what you're doing, um, try to stay in that mindset um, and good things usually happen when you work hard. So let's talk a little bit about Rise and why yeah. you wanted to be a mind power coach. Yeah, so um, that's a good question. So I remember last year um, I was looking on, I was looking up like mindfulness for kids and I was looking up just like, I forgot what exactly I Googled and rise came up and I was like, okay, this looks, this looks pretty interesting. What is this like helping kids kind of uh, learn about the mind and mindset. And um, it was something that I was passionate about and something that I really enjoyed. So I remember looking on the platform, I saw they were looking for like, they were looking for possible mentors and it's something I enjoy doing. Cause I think it's important to um, help our youth learn about uh, their mind and 
how important it is to, um, you know, just to have trust in themselves, um, to just know that they're not by themselves. And it's something that I wish I had growing up. Um, my mom was sort of that for me because she studied psychology, but I, if it weren't for that, I don't know if my mind would have been open to um, learning about the mind and what we think and how we operate. Um, so I remember I was passionate about that and uh, thankfully they accepted me and now I've been part of this team and it's been great um, being able to help, you know, young athletes, um, not even with their sport, but hopefully in their life as well and something that they can uh, carry on for the remainder of their life and hopefully help somebody out. They can help somebody um, learn about mindset and, and um, how important it is to uh, work on it day in and day out. So um, I'm happy to be a part of this team and it, it's been a great experience. I've learned a lot, even taking the training. I've learned some things that I use still. Um, so yeah, it's sort of like a cheat code for me too. Yeah, no, that's so awesome. I love how you said about the, you know, not only sport, but life too. I feel like that comes yeah. up a lot because, you know, if you look at the Rise website, when I first designed it, it was like, oh, this looks like it's for people who really want to excel in sport. Cause there was like yeah. really strong pictures of athletes and, and that's great and wonderful, but you know, what we really do stand for is being able to both exceed in sport, but also in life because sport right. eventually ends, you know, maybe mm -hmm. like, I don't know who the oldest athlete is, but eventually, you know, it comes a time where you go on a different path. There's that transition. Mm -hmm. Um, so knowing these mindset tips and I talk about it all the time, like, I wish I knew this in sport and even know it now, you know, I'm learning these things through working at rise and, and through you all and all the other mind power coaches, but it wasn't something that I knew back, you know, when I was a teen. Right. No. And I think that that's something that a lot of mind power coaches say is like, I wish I knew this, this is why I'm doing this. So it's definitely a powerful, powerful uh, company and just experience for these youth athletes. It is. I don't know if there's really any other platform that's doing it. Um, so it's definitely a breakthrough in that industry. And, um, you know, something I wish I had growing up. So, um, I'm happy to be a part of this journey.